Good afternoon and welcome back. This is episode five of Running Down a Dream. I know it's been a while. My name is Brendan Duffy and I've been away. I took a trip to Ireland, place where I was born several years ago. Had a great time speaking with my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, my in-laws, my outlaws. And it was just a wonderful time. Uh, last time I was back there was 1975. I would have to say that my country has grown up quite a bit since I have been back there. Uh, so that is the reason why this podcast has been on hold as I catch up and get back and take care of some other projects. But we're back. So today I think what we're going to go over is... One of the articles I wrote in the past is five things that every coach and athletic trainer needs to know about athletic performance and their players' sleep. We can't hope to make changes with any of the athletes if even their training staff or their coaches are not aware of the value that sleep brings to their game, to their life, to their mental health, to their physical health. So a while back I had written an article on just that topic. And I figured we'd go over some of the highlights of that article, which I could send anybody if they'd like to get a copy of it. It was called Five Things Every Coach and Athletic Trainer Needs to Know About Athletic Performance and Their Players Sleep. Um, isn't that ironic? And some of the things I went over in the article or tried to put across was that sleep is a major part of training and it deserves more than whatever time is left at the end of the day. And secondly, sleep impacts the performance in games. So it can make a big difference on the court and off the court. It also, number three, sleep impacts the rehab of injuries. So sleep done right, and if people are educated about it and they use it as a resource, it can really uh, help them avoid injuries in the first place and recover from those injuries should they occur. And the fourth part is, is baseline concussion testing real? Because if we're not sleeping correctly, are we truly getting correct baseline concussion testing? And finally, travel and scheduling. It's a major consideration in player fatigue. So let's get started. So for many coaches and team trainers, Sleep training is not an area that gets the time or attention that it strongly deserves. They mistakenly think of it as common sense and it's stuff that just happens. And sleep hygiene actually never gets discussed, nor do sleep disorders or anything like that as a crucial training component. Many sports medicine training facilities, they claim to be cutting edge, but if they're cutting sleep out of the equation, then they're not keeping up with the research and the benefits of sleep for athletic performance and recovery. I've always thought there are so many gyms out there and uh, workout centers, and it's really amazing that there uh, there really aren't a lot of sleep coaches working within those facilities. And I think that the folks that pay a lot of money, monthly dues to those clubs and those gyms, would be better served if the gyms brought in sleep coaches to work with them, either as groups or one-on-one, to get the most bang for their buck. Because if you are not sleeping well or are sleep-deprived, you may lose weight, 
but it may be muscle that you lose because there is, there's research out there shows that when they do some tests, people that are not sleeping well, they will lose muscle and retain fat. So that's not something that we look for. Also, your ability to exercise and your perception of difficulty. When you're underslept, your motivation is low and your perception of the difficulty of the workouts is increased. So for all those reasons, I think um, we talk about nutrition when we go to gyms and workout centers. We talk about exercise. But the other third that's missing many times is a good discussion about sleep, a good solid sleep program that the athletes or the weekend warriors or whoever is working out can utilize so that they can maximize and optimize what uh, they go to the gym for, which is to get healthy overall, not just for two-thirds of their life, but for three-thirds. The sleep part is eight hours. So we shouldn't just try and get healthy for 16 hours of our life, but we should try for the full 24 hours. So a lot of times when I speak to athletes, I'll ask them, when does your training start? And most of the time they'll say, well, it starts you know, eight o'clock in the morning whenever I get to the gym, six o'clock in the morning. And I'll have to explain to them and educate them that actually their training starts the night before because it's gonna have a big influence uh, if their routine is not right as to how they do uh, when they get to the gym. So again, if they were truly a cutting edge gym, I would hope to see that they spend some attention to having a sleep coach come in and speak to those uh, athletes or members, gym members that are there. And I guarantee you, you'll, you'll see some improvement many times. And you also might pick up on some sleep disorders that are 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 there that are going unchecked that really could jeopardize somebody's health. Uh, some sleep coaches, they also work with each individual player to maximize their talent via a full sleep assessment to make sure their sleep training is complete and ongoing as circumstances and schedules change for each athlete. Um, so they, they should work with each individual player. Sometimes you'll get one person coming in and doing a talk for a whole team and that's nice to introduce the subject but to truly change a culture and to truly uh, work with these athletes it's best to work with them as individuals because they all come uh, just as they all have different minimums and maximums of what weight they can lift they all come uh, as far as their sleep habits as individuals they all may have families uh, small kids some of them other ones that are younger players they may be more of a nightlife. They all have different circadian rhythms, whether they're evening or morning persons. So you really have to look at each athlete as an individual and the coaches too. Um, plenty of times you'll hear coaches with migraine headaches and they're staying out and watching film or staying up and watching film and they don't give themselves proper rest. They end up getting cluster headaches and nobody can figure out what is going on. A lot of times it's related to their poor sleep. So they need to take care of themselves before they can take care of their team and they need to get this information. But the smarter and truly cutting edge teams already employ sleep coaches. Others see uh, just giving this general and sometimes wrong information when it comes to performance sleep education. Uh, as the way to go. 
Many coaches will tell the players to get proper rest. But what does that mean? Even the coaches don't truly know what proper rest is and how this rest can be used as a secret weapon to gain an advantage over their opponents and to stay healthy mentally and physically. Sleep truly is a performance enhancer, but this easy training information is often dismissed as unimportant or, quote, common sense by coaching staffs. Yet this information is often found to be hard to implement on a team level and individually. It's always amazing that you can tell somebody to discipline themselves to get up to go to a gym at 6 a.m. and they'll be there and do their workouts, but the same athlete may not be able to discipline themselves to get to bed at 9 or 10 o'clock at night so that those 6 o'clock workouts are, are very as, as effective as they can be. Uh, so they can get the discipline for the morning, uh, but it's so much harder sometimes for them to get away from distractions, electronics at 9, 10 o'clock at night, so they're properly prepared. One of the people that was able to do this throughout his career was Tom Brady. He was a big believer in if I'm going to stay at the top, then I have to do the things that put me on the top. And that meant taking care of not only uh, his body when he was out on the field, or in the gym, but also to recover properly. So he was big on getting to sleep at 9, 9.30 throughout his whole career. So often this information is, is it's found to be hard to implement on a team level, and the coaches schedule every minute of an athlete's day, and then they blindly go into the night for eight hours or so of non-structured uh, basically training time. We can call it sleep time. We can call it playing on the phone, electronics, watching TV, Netflix, um, but it's non-structured. And that's kind of amazing when you look at how structured their day is. I actually spoke to an Olympic athlete and he said his biggest surprise, he went to three different uh, Olympics. His biggest surprise was when they went to the Olympic Village, how their routine was destroyed right away. Uh, they really had no control or very little control over their sleeping arrangements. Uh, they're in the same housing as folks that had completed their events. So some people were up later making a little bit of noise. Possibly the flooring wasn't the most conducive in some of these places. The beds were kind of short in some instances for these people. So he was kind of shocked that all the training he put in to get there uh, was kind of very upset because one of the things as an athlete and as a good sleeper you need is routine and have a steady routine. And all that was blown away once he got to the Olympic Village. So he learned from that. And his second time, he went off campus and uh, found a, a house they could rent, uh, him and a few other athletes, where they had more control over the surroundings. And he did much better the second time around. And subsequently, the third time around, uh, he did better also. So that was very interesting that he was, at the end of it all, eight years older, but he was still doing better. And he attributed that to the fact that he had more control over the routine, more control over his sleep time and his recovery time and his preparation time. So even coaches do not truly know what proper rest is and how it can be used as a secret weapon. Um, and, and we need to change that. So it's not really a knock on the coaches because even doctors don't get sufficient training when it comes to sleep. 
Um, I recently, or not so recently now, but at the time read of a Major League Baseball coach who said he didn't understand what was wrong with a player who complained about his sleep issues that caused him to wake up gasping often during the night. The coach stated that he himself wakes up all the time. He doesn't consider it unusual. He said it was just normal aging. Uh, not correct. People do wake up in their sleep, but they shouldn't notice it. If they're waking up and they're complaining to a coach that they're waking up and gasping, uh, or a, a, a roommate is saying that they stop breathing, have pause in their sleep, they should seek help to determine the cause of such behavior. Um, the same player's general manager described the issue of this player as uh, to the sports writers as having disjointed sleep. I'm not sure what disjointed sleep meant to him, but in a way he was correct. After the player was tested, it turned out he had pretty severe sleep apnea where he stopped breathing 39 times per hour. I suppose that could be considered very disjointed sleep. At best, for the length of time the sleep-deprived athlete went untreated or unnoticed by the training staff, his performance suffered. At worst, he could have been severely injured due to sleep deprivation and a decreased cognitive and reactive skill set while he was undiagnosed. It's scary to think that this player stood in the batter's box facing 100-mile-plus-hour fastballs while he was basically impaired. Had a ball come his way, he would have been hard-pressed to react quickly enough to get out of harm's way. If this is indicative of the lack of information of identifying sleep issues for a player on the major league level, then what chance does a college or a high school athlete have to have their symptoms noticed unless we educate coaches and athletic trainers and have them learn more about sleep and performance and also reach out as much as we can to the athletes? Um, I do know some instances in the college ranks where trainers actually picked up on um, doing some sleep testing uh, via paperwork, via validated testing, and were able to uncover and get treated a couple of college athletes that had sleep apnea. So kudos to them for taking the time to get the training and for um, making changes and, and helping these people. But the average time spent discussing sleep in medical school is about four hours. You've heard me right. I might be overstating it. It may be somewhere around two hours. But it's definitely not a lot of time. So unfortunately, when a patient or a player mentions a sleep issue to a primary or team physician, they too, too often what happens is they'll end up getting some type of a sleep aid, uh, perhaps Ambien or melatonin that's not warranted. Other truly sleep-deprived athletes may be misdiagnosed as having mood disorders or depression. So few college coaches or trainers realize that sleep deprivation can manifest the same systems, uh, symptoms rather, as mood disorders. So coaches and athletic trainers that are astute enough to realize how important sleep fatigue management is usually do not share their coping secrets about how they manage this part of training for fear of losing their competitive edge. They've seen concrete positive results where they included sleep training for each player. For instance, in the NHL, while employing sleep coaching at various times, both the Vancouver Canucks and the San Jose Sharks had league best road wins record. And this is in spite of an obvious disadvantage these two teams had with the amount of travel they constantly had to do. 
For the Canucks, for example, this travel amounted to over 50,000 miles in a season and multiple time zone changes. So for those of you coaches and trainers that want to win more games, decrease the mental errors, improve your practices, and help your players recover, here's a few sleep ground rules to remember. Number one, sleep is part of training. The very first step in utilizing secret weapon of sleep is a commitment to consider this element as being just as important as anything else you do to prepare for your team's success. Several coaches will dismiss this element due to it being very macho to say I live on a few hours sleep and having an attitude that nothing is gained during sleep. As the benefits of sleep for athletic performance have been proved by science over and over again, these coaches disregard the scientifically sound training fundamental at their peril. Several studies at Stanford University alone have produced findings where almost a full second was shaved off sprint time. Basketball free throw shooting was improved by almost 10% when players extended their sleep time. How many extra games could have been won with just a handful of successful free throws? How many sprints are decided by fractions of a second in time competitions? Other research at Stanford resulted in several members of the swim team breaking personal best records after a period of increased sleep time. Sleep training should be right up there with team nutrition and team workouts. And if it's not, and your players are sleep deprived, the other two areas will suffer or not function together as well as they could. Although often treated as an afterthought, it's a very important part of your training. Your colleagues in the professional and college coaching and training ranks that have outworked you in the sleep research and the implementation of that game have already discovered the benefits. Several of those teams already employ a sleep coach to work with the players and coaching staff to improve their sleep game. They've taken actions to incorporate this area into their overall programs for the betterment of the team and the athletes. They realized it made sense to monitor the sleep life of the player just as they monitor every bite of food their athletes take and construct very personalized workout regimens for each player. After all, it constitutes one-third of the daily routine for each of their athletes. Sleep coaches now work with teams in the major leagues, the NFL, NHL, as well as the Olympic teams and college teams. So point number two, sleep impacts performance in games. Many areas of a game are known to be negatively influenced by a lack of sufficient sleep. These include performance, endurance, strength, decision-making, time management, and the ability to react quickly. And too many athletes are currently operating with a sleep debt. I've heard it once before that when we watch, sometimes we watch the NBA games and we're not watching the best NBA players play the best game. We're watching the best teams that could play while they're sleep-deprived. Which team can play better as a sleep-deprived unit? Now, I know the NBA has made some changes along the way to eliminate some of the reasons, the back-to-back games and things like that, uh, that cause that sleep debt. So kudos to them. But the average college or professional athlete should be aiming for over nine hours of sleep per night. Everybody differs, uh, but athletes 
because of the way they exert themselves and their workouts probably need more sleep than the average person. Without getting adequate rest, the performance of the athlete will suffer in both mental and physical aspects of competition. This may manifest, manifest itself, for instance, in their abilities and temperament of a mentally exhausted pitcher who is unable to battle through a tough inning late in the game, or a hooking penalty of a fatigued hockey player who can't muster the necessary energy to catch up to an opponent streaking by, or the flagrant foul and moodiness that appear out of character for a basketball player. It can also lead to a career-ending injury if your reaction time is not at its peak. When you're training athletes in a business where games are won and records are broken by fractions of a second time frame, it's imperative that your athletes be mentally and physically prepared as best they can. And if they're sleep deprived, then you're handing the ball to the other team, literally and figuratively. So number three, sleep impacts the rehab of injuries. One of the biggest benefits of sleep for an athlete is the need for recovery from workouts, games, travel, and injury. When athletes train, they're actually stressing their bodies, tearing down their body's muscle, causing micro tears in the muscle fiber. The value and importance of sleep cannot be underestimated in helping to recover from a vigorous workout. Sleeping less than six hours a day for four days has been shown to have a negative impact on our cognitive function as well as on our mood. The decrease from sleep deprivation on our glucose can impact our performance as the brain and body are not primed for our needs. And as we all probably have experienced when we are, quote, run down, we're setting ourselves up to acquire the flu or other illnesses due to a weakened and undercharged and under-recharged immune system. Testosterone, testosterone, a prime hormone for muscle building, is decreased by 15% when athletes do not get proper sleep. Athletes in their 20s are competing with equivalent low testosterone levels of much older players because normally your testosterone levels should decrease about 1%. This is 15%. So this neutralizes the training effect gain um, muscle that athletes hope to realize. Most of the muscle repair and growth is occurring during sleep via hormone release, things like growth hormone, testosterone. So to dismiss sleep is to waste your daily training time and gains. Number four, concussion testing and clearance. Recently, concussion prevention and awareness has received a lot of attention, brain health has received a lot of attention and coverage, and it's a very important consideration for coaches and trainers as it could result in further injuries if not properly tested and monitored. But how does the adult sleep quality impact the testing that is done and ultimately when clearance is given? Recently, several articles have come out to caution against testing athletes who haven't slept sufficiently prior to the baseline testing. The fear is that the baseline testing of a sleep-deprived athlete doesn't fairly represent their true cognitive skill set. This lower baseline may cause players to be prematurely cleared for participation in their sports if they, quote, best the false baseline score after resting a bit after the head injury. 
This is especially true for high school and college athletes that typically find it hard to fall asleep at night due to changing circadian rhythms, yet they must be up early for school, team functions, workouts, practices, or other social or work obligations. And finally, number five, travel scheduling is a major consideration for player fatigue, and it's becoming a bigger issue in the NCAA as teams change conferences and travel distances, especially for non-football teams, becomes a big issue because most of the non-football teams travel commercially. They might be going from the East Coast to the West Coast, Because it's a commercial flight, they may not get back till 4 a.m., yet they have to be in class at 7 a.m., and this could be a big uh, strain on an already uh, busy college athlete who basically has two full-time jobs, one as a student and one as an athlete. So in addition to the actual practices and competitions, athletes are often faced with an arduous travel schedule that often requires early departures and arrivals, as well as tiresome treks across multiple time zones. The flight themselves that are required are taxing when you explore the impact on sleep, hydration, and the effects of sitting in a pressurized jet airliner for hours on end. Aircraft cabins cabins are kept around the equivalent of 8,000 feet above sea level. This means more energy is expanded with the reduced partial pressure of oxygen and the effects of pressurization on an athlete's body. The altitude and the pressurization on an aircraft can cause headaches, joint pain, fatigue, and a feeling of being out of breath. Some recovery is needed for the hypoxia that is experienced during a long flight. Also, the humidity, if not prepared for in advance via copious amount of water intake, will leave you dehydrated and fatigued very quickly. Even the noise and vibration of the flight can cause fatigue and should be mitigated with the use of earplugs. Time zones and circadian rhythms are another element that must be accounted for. And it's a rule of thumb that for each time zone cross, it takes about a day to get back in sync with your circadian rhythm. Maybe easier going west than going east, but typically somewhere about a day. This becomes an important factor that sleep coaches can assist with by looking at the schedules and trying to determine if it's best to travel or stay overnight based on the stress load involved on the athlete's sleep and schedule. Some sleep coaches actually are currently working with professional teams to review schedules as soon as they become available to plan the travel and point out when players may need a rest during the season due to a grueling travel segment or due to day games after night games, etc. Studies have indicated teams traveling back home from a three-hour time zone change to play a home game in their own stadium can actually be at a disadvantage in their own stadium if their opponent did not have to cross any time zones to get to the ballpark. The visiting team would win at a 60% rate as opposed to the home field advantage rate of 53% when playing these tired out of sync home teams. So many players need assistance and coaching with their sleep schedules on the road. Too often they're using sleeping pills or pain meds as the answer or alcohol. This problem is being addressed as a pressing issue in professional sports. The NHL, for instance, instituted more off days in their schedules stipulated no team can be forced to practice without proper rest 
after arriving from a flight. Baseball teams will send their pitchers out of town ahead of the team on occasion to get the pitcher extra adjustment time to get acclimated prior to the game start. So now that you as a trainer or a coach have some information to support the common sense stuff, it's a matter of what is done from here. In baseball, when you are on first base running when the ball is hit, it's common sense stuff also. But there is a right way and a wrong way to run, a proper time to run, and a correct way to arrive at the next base successfully. Sleep training is the same way. Though it's common sense, there are things you need to know, and coaching that can improve your players' sleep training. Sleep coaching can help your players and your team arrive at that next base successfully. Simply stated, all those extra Zs can add up to a lot of extra Ws, as in wins. So the next time you, as a coach or a trainer or an athlete, are thinking about getting your sleep-deprived team up at 6 a.m. to work out before class, Maybe skip it. Maybe they're better off in bed. The important sleep they lose in the early morning deprives them of the sleep needed to consolidate all of the practice plans and develop the muscle memory for practice skills. It's essential to monitor that forgotten part of a player's time that goes into success on the field. Sleep is the foundation for everything else you build on top of it. And if you build a strong enough foundation via sleep, You just may be able to place that championship trophy on that foundation in the very near future. With that said, sleep well, compete better. Any questions, comments, please send them to me at coachz at gmail. Sleep coach, I'm sorry, sleepcoachz at gmail.com. That's sleepcoachz at gmail.com. Be happy to work with you, work with your teams so that you get the advantage and have a great season. And again, sorry for the delay in this podcast taking so long to get out, but I'm happy to be back. Look forward to any questions. And as we always say, this is not medical information. This is basically sleep education and it's my own thoughts. So if you have a sleep issue, please get medical help from your team medical doctors or uh, trainers and things like that and we will go from there until next time thank you very much sleep well and have a great evening